Glory, we bless your holy name. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this atmosphere. Come and be the Lord and the master of this assembly. Speak to us, O oh God, from the volumes of the books. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you for coming to church. Give somebody a high five and tell them welcome to Wednesday experience. Hallelujah. This is the first service and we thank God for his grace and mercy. The foundation of our faith, hallelujah, the foundation of our faith. Turn your Bibles with me to 2 Chronicles chapter number 3, verse number 1 through to 3. 2 Chronicles chapter number 3, verses 1 through to 3. The Bible says, so Solomon began to build the temple of God, of the Lord, in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to David, his father. The temple was built on the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite, and the site that David had selected. Hallelujah. The construction began mid-spring during the fourth year of Solomon's reign. I want us to read verse 3 together. Ready, go. These are the dimensions Solomon used for the foundation of the temple of God. Using the old standard measurement, it was 90 feet long and 30 feet wide. Hallelujah. Bible says that he had a building for God erected, Solomon. And to do that, he dug into the foundation 90 feet. Um, if, I don't know, let's, let's work out what 90 feet looks like. I, I take from here to this place will probably be 15 feet from this wall to that wall is probably 15 feet. So use that times six. So that tells you how deep the foundation was. And 30 feet wide is twice that. So the width of the foundation was twice this length and six times the depth. We are talking about foundation. It, 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 if it's a temple of God, and it is um, the, uh, we are talking about temple of God uh, that is being built, let's, let's just oppose that to our Christianity. Our Christian life has to be built 90 feet deep and 30 feet wide before we even start thinking about building Christianity or building our faith on that foundation. The Bible says, if the foundation be destroyed, what would the righteous do? You know, many Christians don't live a successful life because they don't build on a proper foundation the faith that they call Christianity. They try to do, they just come to church and then they, 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 they receive Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior. They get born again and... Um, they start building. 
they start building on top of the sand. No fun. There's no depth. There's no depth in there. It's just uh, put the sand and just start building. Because now they come to church. Now they sing in the choir. Now they usher. Now they do this. Everybody knows that they are, they are members of this church. And as far as they are concerned, that is their Christianity. Until the storm arises. Until something comes to shake their faith. And they realize that they built on nothing. I know there are construction engineers here. If you ever try to build a house on a very shallow foundation and you realize that the foundation you, you were building on was, couldn't support the building that you are trying to uh, erect on that foundation, there is something called underpinning, which means that you you. Barrow, you, you, you make a hole in the, in the foundation and you pour, you pour cement and uh, stones and iron rods to reinforce the foundation. So what we are going to do this year, what we are doing this month in the month of Yassad is to try to reinforce and underpin our foundation. So it doesn't matter whether you've been a Christian for a long time or you just became a Christian yesterday. This, these services are very important for you. Hallelujah. Because Solomon dug 90 feet deep to build a building for God that was supposed to stand the test of time. Are you thinking? To build 90 feet deep, it means you have to dig Foundations are not built easily. Because digging, you have to dig out some rocks. You have to dig out some stones. You have to dig the, the, the into, you will meet all sorts of things as you are digging down. Roots, you meet certain roots, you meet certain, a lot of things will be met as you are digging deep. But it is important that you dig because if the building is going to stand for 100 years, 2,000 years, 3,000 years, then you have to really build a solid foundation. If your Christianity is going to last the rest of your life, then it's important that we spend time building on the foundation. How many agree with me? If our Christianity is going to stand our, the rest of our life, then we have to build well. Unfortunately, the modern day Christian, we are too interested in the windows and the lentil and the the chandeliers that are hanging in the house that we don't really take time to build into the, the stones, which is the foundation. That is why you struggle with something like paying tithe. Because you didn't dig that deep. That's why you struggle to with being in church all the time. Because you didn't dig that deep. That is why you struggle with fasting. Because you didn't build that deep. That's why you struggle with certain things. Because you didn't build, you struggle with sin because you haven't built deep. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for what? A foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, whoever believes will not act hastily. 
The word foundation there is the word yashad. Y-A-S-A-D. But it's pronounced yashad. Hallelujah. And yashad means to build family. Yashad means firm foundation. Amen. Firm foundation. In 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 30 and 31, the Bible said, The remnants who have escaped the house of Judah shall again take root what? downward and build, bear fruit upward. For out of Zion shall go the remnant and those who have escaped from Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do it. Amen. What the prophet was saying to the house of, of, Jeru- of, of Jerusalem or Judah was that if you want to bear fruit, you have to dig deep into the foundation. Could it be that the reason why these modern day Christians don't bear much fruit is because our depth is questionable. In John chapter 15, the Bible says that I am the the, the vine, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes that he may bear forth more fruit. Which means that the father is about more fruit. God expects us to be fruitful as Christians. Amen. And the Bible is saying that if we want to be fruitful as Christians, the scripture we just read, we have to bear, go deep downwards so we can bear fruit what? Upwards. Because if we don't go down, we cannot. In other words, the foundation will seriously be affected, it will affect our faithfulness, uh, fruitfulness as Christians if the foundation is questionable. The foundation of our faith. Hallelujah. When we go to the judgment day, apart from salvation, the next thing that is expected is fruitfulness. Because there's a purpose for you being here. And your purpose is to be fruitful. That is why John 15 says that we are the branches that have been plucked into the vine, which is Christ. That makes us Christians. And we are supposed to bear fruit. Put that scripture back. Let's let's all see so we can see what I'm saying. Are you with me so far? You are very quiet today. John 15. See, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, it proves that it may bear more fruit. Hallelujah. Because he is about what? More fruit. God wants more fruit from you. And it's very unlikely for us to produce fruit if we don't have foundation. You know, a lot of perennial uh, trees, or fruit-bearing trees, like uh, mangoes, like uh, uh, palm, like uh, oranges, and uh, what do you call it? Those type of plants, their roots go deep because they have to be bearing fruit every season. 
If you take tomato, it's very shallow because after one fruit, it dies. So, the modern day Christian is like the tomato or the cabbage that comes once. If we are like, if we are lucky, we might get a fruit or two, and after which we get offended and die. The modern day Christian cannot be guaranteed 15, 20, 35 years of Christianity. You know, when I got born again in, in the early 80s, you can guarantee that when nobody becomes a Christian in 1980, 1981, 1979, they are going to be a Christian for life because we're taught the rudiments of Christianity. We had to burrow into the soil of our faith. So as a Christian, by the modern day Christian, we like tomatoes. We just, that's why the modern day cannot guarantee that they will stay in this church for the next 20 years. They'll be offended right now. The smallest wind, they are all to the next church. Then they, they go to the next church, the smallest wind, they go to another church, and then as soon as uh, uh, by the third wind, they are, they are ready to die. Faith is finished. Hallelujah. Am I making my argument? First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 to 15. This is what Paul says. Paul says that anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, straw. But on the judgment day, Fire will reveal the kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Hallelujah. So we are allowed to build with straw. The modern day charismatic Christian, we like straw because it's easy. We do three, uh, what do you call it, new believers school and you are ready to be a Christian. That is straw or hay. You can use straw to build a foundation. You can use hay to build a foundation. You can use gold to build a foundation. You can use silver to build a foundation. But be very aware that the fire of life will try whatever you are building. Are you, are you with me? I think it's a very good subject to start the year with. How many agree with me? Because by the end of the year, your faith will be tried. I said, by the end of this year, your faith will be tried. And so, we need to take our time to build. I, I'm not going to hurry this, this uh, particular man. If I don't finish, I will continue. I will, I will want us to take our time to build into the foundation. Like I, I was taught as a Christian. So that 
We, we understand. Let's go old school. Let's go 90 feet deep. Are you with me? Don't just be in a hurry to be a Christian. Be a matured person. Hallelujah. So Paul is saying that, listen, you are allowed to use any kind of material, but be it known to you that judgment will try what you used. So we are going to roll our sleeves and we are going to hit the ground and break and take some things out. So some things you have believed in all these years will be taken out. Some things you thought you could get away with will be taken out so that we can take our time and build a sure foundation. Hallelujah. A sure foundation, a tried and a tested stone. The quality of your, of whatever has been connected, the quality of the depth of your um, foundation would tell how good your building will be. Jesus gave a parable of two people that built. One built on the sand. One built on the rock. To build on the rock means you have to dig into the stone and to build. And the Bible said the rains came and the floods came. The storm came. The storm that hit the rocky house was the same storm that hit the sandy house. The wind that hit the rocky house was the same wind that hit the sandy house. But the Bible says that the sandy house was washed with the rain. The rain just washed the whole house down. And even though at the beginning phase when both houses came, because the sandy man took a very short time to build, everybody was praising the sandy house. Because it was done very, very quickly and was looking very, very bright and very sharp. The modern day Christian, you got born again yesterday, the next day you're on the bus preaching. Very nice. The next day you're a prophet prophesying. Very, very nice. Very, you know, now you know three or four scriptures that nobody can now advise you because you know everything. It's a sandy house. The, 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 the quality of the house from the outward looking in looks nice. But here comes the rain. Here comes the wind. Here comes the storm. Immediately, that person you saw on the bus, the next day is in the nightclub. Or it's in prison. Hallelujah. The failure that might be immoral, sin, fear, Neglect, all apathy, all those things is is a result of the lack of depth. Hallelujah! How many agree with me? I, I I want to take my time to to give the foundation of this before we go into the main thing, so that you understand where I'm coming from. Is that okay? Okay. So how do we build our spiritual foundation? If we are going to do it that way, let's talk about building our spiritual foundation. Today, I'm going to start by talking about the foundation of the word. The foundation of the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 to 17. So we are going to look at a lot of different things. I wanted to do 
But then I realized that I don't have to hurry it up, so I'm going to take my time. If I don't finish the foundation of the word, I'll continue next week. Is that okay? You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. The word childhood is from foundation. Because when you get born again, not everybody gets born again as a child. So from foundation, the Holy Scriptures have been taught. And they have given you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scriptures are inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what, to, what is right. Amen. God uses it to prepare and to equip people to do every good work. Let's take our time and break this scripture down. Go back to the first verse. 15. You have been taught the scriptures from childhood and they have given you wisdom to receive salvation. Remove salvation. The word scripture have been given you to receive instruction into every facet of Christianity. Salvation is just one facet of Christianity. But faith is another facet of Christianity. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? Oh, am I speaking to a church? Then I want you to talk back at me. Faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? So you have been taught the scriptures so that you have received the wisdom to receive faith. The reason why our faith is not deep is because we haven't allowed much of the scriptures to grow our faith. Are you getting what I mean? The reason why we struggle in prayer is because we haven't allowed the word of God to grow our level of prayer. Because prayer is quoting the scriptures to God. If you don't know the scriptures, how do you quote? What are you standing on to pray? The modern day Christian, all we know is bada 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 bada. What is bada bada bada? What is the foundation of this bada 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 that you are speaking? Do you know what you are saying? What are you praying about? On what scripture are you standing to pray? What faith do you have in the scripture to, 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 to pray? I don't know whether I'm getting through to you. That is why one person will pray and nothing happens. Another person will pray and then they receive results. In, it's the same as a, a two lawyers. One lawyer will go and use the law to quote to the judge and win a case, whilst another lawyer who is not really well versed in the law will use law and will be defeated. Because they'll be mumbling because they haven't taken time to study. So they don't have wisdom in the subject. Uh, I don't know what I'm getting through to you. 
Because if you allow the wisdom you receive, it will build salvation. If you allow wisdom, it will build your faith. If you allow wisdom, it will build your prayer life. If you allow wisdom, it will build your giving. You will give not 10%. 10% is when you don't know the scriptures. The more of the scriptures you have, the more you know that you are a custodian of, uh, of everything and possessor of nothing. So that all your wealth is not yours, it's God's. So to give to God shouldn't be something you even worry about because it's not yours in the first place. Hallelujah. So the Holy Scriptures from childhood, they are giving the wisdom to receive everything. You struggle with fasting because you don't have a lot of, uh, what do you call it, scripture or light or wisdom in the subject matter. So you can't give yourself to it. You are preaching. Do you get it? So, it's very important that we know the law. Because we are lawyers when we go to pray. And the constitution that we have is the Holy Scriptures. That is what we use. Do you know the constitution? Have you studied the constitution enough to be able to use it adequately? That is why we go, we go, if you listen to some of our prayers, if you're God, you answer them. Because we don't have, we don't have any depth. You know, when I got born again, you are not allowed to speak in tongues to at least you have been there for six months and been taught the scriptures. Because you need to understand what you are praying. And we're told that you need to pray longer in, in your understanding than in tongues. And to be able to pray longer in your understanding than tongues, you need to know the scripture. Because you can't pray. What are you going to grab? Your grammar will get finished. You will be repeating. And the, the elder brothers will keep us in a room and tell us to pray. And as we are praying, we are praying and understanding. They are going around listening to the prayer. We have been modernized, Reverend. I want to tell you anybody listening. You see, today if you are praying, I come and I'm listening to your prayer, you won't be happy. You will just leave. Because you are a tomato Christian. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? It's like, you know, the deeper life type of, it's like go deep into the scripture. Understand what we are praying about. What scripture are you standing on to pray? Why are you sure this prayer will be answered? What is the assurance of your faith on this particular subject? Next verse. I'm enjoying the, the, the thing. All scripture 
is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong. So if you want to know what is true, it is the word. The reason why anybody gets up and starts talking and they sound serious and they sound logical and they have an opinion and you see a lot of Christians are swayed and start following because you don't know what is right. You don't know. And you don't know what is wrong. So anybody comes and they say something, and because it sounds sensible, before you realize you are following. You are preaching because you don't know what Because you don't know. But the scripture is saying that the scripture is inspired by God to teach us what is true. So that when somebody starts talking nonsense, you just know and walk away. When you are watching nonsense, you know. It doesn't matter who, because it's a bishop, archbishop, Pope John Paul will just start talking because you're the title. Now everybody, that is why people like titles. Because it works. Because when I take the title and like, oh, I am bishop, something I'm talking, you think I know what I'm talking about. And especially when I, I'm talking with a certain intensity and I'm talking with a certain, you know, gestures and everything, it makes, it makes you think that, oh, he must know what he's talking about. It means what he's saying is true. It sounds powerful. It sounds very powerful. Especially he's a bishop. And especially when he sees church and the church is large, it means that he must know a thing or two. If he can shout and talk fast, that means that he is very anointed. No, 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 no. It's not in how talking, how, how fast you talk. When you know the scripture, put the scripture back. When you know the scripture, you will know what is what? True and what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to, what to, do, to do what is right. Hallelujah. So from today, become a student of the Bible. Because every scripture is inspired by God to teach you to do what is right. Don't listen to what I'm saying alone. Research what I'm saying. Because I'm sure you've read the scripture and didn't see what I'm, I'm saying. So when you go home, if I were you, I'll go back and take this, the verses and now read it. Because the more you read, the more you, you want to know. And the more you want to know, the more wiser you become. Are you with me? Verse 17. God uses the word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Hallelujah. So, if God wants to raise a singer, for instance, and that singer has a depth in the word, that singer can do a good work in singing. When the singer doesn't take his, his or her time to read the word and study the word, they will do a work, but it won't be good. Am I communicating? 
What you read impacts you. What you read and study impacts you. It changes you. It changes you. I'm giving you reasons. I'm going to give you 10 reasons why you must become a student of the word. Number one, what you read. See, what would turn you from an ordinary person to a medical doctor? Is what you have read. What will turn you from an ordinary student to a lawyer is what you have read. Because what you read impacts you. What you study impacts you. A lot of people start the medical school. Doctor, how many people started with you on the course? Yeah, for the first part. Fuck it. You're 42. How many finished? You all finished. How many of those are now gone on to become surgeons? Give us an average. So out of 42, about eight. You know, if you go to other medical schools, maybe like 40 people start, only about 15 finish. Do you get it? And only about three go on to become surgeons. Why? Because it is not easy. You have to study. It is not easy to study. It's not easy to go 90 feet. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to. It's not easy to go 90 feet because the, the digging, you will meet a lot of obstacles in digging. You know, from this side to that side is 15 feet times six. That's how far deep you have to dig, and 30 feet wide is how far wide. Your foundation must be. Don't be a tomato Christian. Don't be a tomato. Because life is not about a season. Are you with me? Life is not one season. It's it's going to be seasonal. seasonal. You're a perennial Christian. Which means that your death is very important. Are you getting what I'm saying? So what you read impacts you. So what you don't read does not impact you. If your only reading time is Sunday morning, it will not be impactful. See, 45 minutes out of 169 hours is a drop in the ocean. How many hours do you have to study to become a medical doctor? Oh, hours. Oh. I'm trying to impact you as a Christian. 
You see, if, if you can become a medical doctor in medicine, you can become a medical doctor in Christianity. It's the same, it's the same word. It's the same word. The same depth of the word is what will impact you and make you impactful. Because when you are impacted, then you can now become impactful. You can also now impact to others when you have been impacted too. Are you with me? So don't rise to become a pastor. Don't rise to become a prophet. Don't rise to become a senior Christian. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Don't, don't rush for it. Let's go deep. Let's go deep into the word. Are you with me? Let the word of God impact you first. So if you are struggling in paying tithe, you are struggling in reading the Bible, you are struggling in prayer, you are struggling in, it means that you have not been impacted. If you are not being impacted in that area, you'll be challenged. See, I have not been impacted in medicine like doctor has been impacted. So when it comes to medicine, I am challenged. Don't take my advice. Do you understand what I'm saying? He can take a look at you and give you a diagnosis. I will look at you and say, God bless you. I can give you a spiritual diagnosis because I've been impacted by that area. But that's as far as I can go. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you allow the word to impact you, you will become an authority. And the world is waiting for authority figures. The world needs authority. Bible says creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. God, the world is waiting for in-depth Christians. Because the world is now, it's like there's so many things out there. Issues. So many things. Everybody with the uh, internet and social media, anybody at all can get up, put a phone on there. If you have data, you start talking. And they start talking nonsense. And it sounds very, very logical. And people believe it. Number two. The word of God carries God's inspired word to equip us for daily living. 2 Timothy 3.16. We've just read it. It's in 2 Timothy 16.17. 2 Timothy 3.16. The word, all scriptures are inspired to make you what? It corrects. All scriptures are inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to, to do what is right. Verse 17, 16 says what? 17, God uses it to prepare us for every good work. So, the, the, go back to my point. God, the inspired work, word is to teach us and equip us for daily living. Amen. If you want to pick a right wife, the word of God is right for you. In the word of God, you can, you can put a checklist. I, 
I, I, I am I'm going to uh, be preaching on the single seminar that we'll be doing. Ten women you must not marry. And ten men you must not marry. From the Bible. See, the scriptures is for daily living. Oh. Yeah. There is a Delilah type of wife that you must not marry. There's a Jezebel that you must not marry. There's an Eve you must not marry. They are ten. There's a Mikhail. You must not marry. There's a Tama. You must not marry. There are ten of them. Ten bad girls. And ten bad boys. There's a Solomon you must avoid. There's a David you shouldn't look at. <laughs> There's a, an Ahab. Weakling. Can't take a decision. It's always hiding behind women. You must avoid that guy. <laughs> we are going to have a seminar. And it's going to be for singles. We're going to have a seminar, not just for CICC. I want to make a seminar for the whole of Yorkshire. We'll find a big hotel and go. Every church, every single is allowed to come. And we'll go through some of these things. And we'll also pair some people. We'll look for potential husbands and potential wives in the place for you. How do you think it's a good idea? Because the scripture is for daily living. When you mark the scripture, you look, you take this one, hey, this is a Delilah, hey, this is a Tamawak, hey, this is a Mikhail. Hey, yeah, yeah. Avoid them. Ten women. You must have, and ten men. You must not touch. <laughs> Why did I get into that? <laughs> uh, number three. Regular reading of the word of God reorients our thinking so that we can grow in maturity, which is part of our Christian call. Ephesians 4, 14 to 16. Let me say it again. Regular reading of the word reorients your mind, it reorientates your mind, changes your mind, your thinking, so that it makes you mature rather than being immature. Does that make sense? If you meet a mature Christian, it's not in the way they sound. A mature Christian is in the way they behave. Because their minds are reorientated. Their minds are renewed. So they behave differently. Go back to Ephesians 4, 14 to 16, please. 
think my time is up. Next week. Next week we'll be here. <laughs> then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Now, now the living translation is becoming my favorite Bible. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Do you read King James? You won't see it like this. Instead, we will speak. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Hallelujah. It changes our mindset. It changes our mindset. Am I making you thirsty for the word? Yes. We we are going to start a Bible club. Bible reading club. Where we will take a book. We will study it. And we will discuss it. Every month. So that we will grow. So we will grow. It wasn't my idea. They didn't know what I was preaching. So they were telling me the idea, and I kept quiet because I knew it was exactly what I was preaching today. So that by the mouth of one or two or more witnesses, God's purpose will be established. Hallelujah. So we are going to take our time to study. Bible says, study to show yourself approved. When you study, then you become approved. When you don't study, you are not approved. Hallelujah. So I don't care whether you're a pastor. If you haven't studied, you are not approved. Do you get what I mean? When you study, then you can be approved. Have you ever been taught by a teacher who didn't know what they were teaching? Yes, Mr. (laughs) Peniba. How many have been taught by a teacher, you know this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He has no idea. And have you been taught by a teacher who knew his stuff? You can tell the difference. Yeah. So I want you to become a teacher. I want you to become a teacher who knows your stuff. So when you are teaching somebody, they will grow well. They will do well. And they will never forget you. Stand to your feet.